Mr. Quiet liked the quiet life. He lived quietly in a small cottage in the middle of a wood. The problem was that the small cottage was in the middle of a wood in the middle of a country called Loudland. Everything and everybody in Loudland was noisy. Oh, the noise. Mr. Noisy liked living in Loudland. He loved it, but Mr. Quiet didn't. Noise frightened him. So he stayed in his cottage in the middle of the wood as much as he could and never went out. Who feels sorry for for Mr. Quiet right there? And he looks a bit sorry for himself, doesn't he? You know, we uh, may not live in a small little college cottage in a small wood, but we do live in a loud, in loud land. We live in a, a noisy world, don't we? And this morning, uh, I want to look at how we, we don't hide away from that, how we don't have to stay quiet, and how we can live confident in loud land. I want to look at the difference between being quiet and having quiet. The two are, are very different. And then I want to suggest that that Mr. Quiet and Mr. Noisy can live together and get on. There is a good end to this story, but you'll have to wait to find out what it is. So we're uh, we're continuing uh, again this morning with our Mr. Men and and Little Miss series. And it's a seven-week series that, that we've decided to do over the summer. Uh, And that's because we wanted to try and match uh, a character to each member of staff or the eldership team here at Zion. And I'm not going to say who's who. I'll I'll let let you work that out for yourselves. You know, the boss might be away, but there's still the podcast he can listen to. You know, and, and so far we've already had Mr. Worry. We've had Mr. Grumpy. We've had Mr. and Mrs. Stubborn. We've had little Miss Naughty. Uh, And that's our staff team right there. I'm joking. Today we have Mr. Quiet. And if there was a a character that was uh, associated to me, it would be this one. (laughs) Exactly the same response as the 9.30. I don't know what's that about. I am actually really quiet. And then, uh, again, I don't know how many of you did the the test on, on social media to see which character you are most like. I actually got Mr. Cool, which I'm really chuffed about. That, that's me. It's, it's spot on. Andy got Mr. Funny, uh, and Leon got Mr. Impossible. So there's got to be some truth in that. You may want to edit that out the podcast. I'm sure that we can all identify with, with these characters this morning in one way or another. You see, we all worry, don't we? We all get grumpy at times. I'm sure also we can be uh, a little bit stubborn. And if you've never done anything naughty in your life, you're either a baby here this morning or a liar. And that's naughty in itself. And the point uh, I want to make is that whilst we may identify with with some of the characters and and their characteristics, they're not uh, identity. You see, the the Mr. Men and Little Miss characters, they are identified by the name they're given. That is their identity. They live it out. But you do know that they're not real, don't you? And actually, that's not real for us. You see, if you're a Christian here this morning, your identity is in Christ. 
It's what he says about you. And it's what he says about you that matters the most. And if you're not a, a Christian here this morning, I still believe this talk will help you. It will help you shake off maybe some of the labels that people uh, have put on you. Because those labels, they can become our identity if we let them. You know, people do unfortunately live up to the label people speak over them. They do wear the label they're given. And I use the word unfortunately there because I see it time and time again. And it breaks my heart as I sit with people uh, and I listen to them say that they've been told that they will never amount to anything. That nothing good will come out of their life. That they're useless. That they're hopeless. And in some cases they've been told that they wished they weren't born. You know, there's a time when people should really say nothing, should shut up and be quiet. And it's in those moments right there. And there are definitely moments when we should stay quiet. There are definitely moments when we shouldn't stay quiet. And then there are definitely moments when we'd have wished we'd have stayed quiet. I'm not long back from a holiday in Northern Ireland with my wife Dee and daughter Cara Grace, who's four. And we had uh, an incredible 10 days there. We stayed on the north coast in Port Stewart. Uh, yeah, right on the coast. One of these relatives uh, got a holiday home there and it's overlooking the sea. Two, a two-minute walk from the beach. It's high up and, and the scenery from the windows was amazing. It was really relaxing. Anyway, to, to get to the beach, you'd, you'd turn left out of the house. You'd go down some steps across the promenade and the, you're on the beach. And, and it was as we got to those first the steps on the first morning that I'd wished I'd have stayed quiet. You see, we were at the top and I took Cara's hand and I said, let's race down. And there was only ever going to be one winner. I want to teach her humility from an early age. I did keep it close, but I did still win. And then we went about our day and we carried on. But it was as we went home that evening, as we got to the bottom of the steps, that car said, I'll race you and took off up them. Now, I didn't notice the 75 steps as I raced down, but I did notice every single one of them as I tried, tried to race up. And Cara, she didn't keep it close either. She thrashed me. Uh, and this happened every day and every time uh, we used those steps while we were away. And I'd like to say I, I narrowed the gap over the week, but, but I really didn't. She thrashed me every time. We'd get to the bottom and, and she'd be up. She'd be up. And I had then 75 grueling steps to try and chase her. You know, I wish on that first day that I'd have stayed quiet. It would have saved me a, a lot of pain. And there's a, a lesson there. You know, sometimes we're, we're too quick to blow our own trumpet when, when actually we should go about things quietly. And we can too, be too quick to shout, too quick to celebrate when actually remaining quiet and seeing the job through is what's really needed. We often do and, and can react when we're in the middle of a difficult situation, when, when things get tough uh, around us. So we can, we can spit our dummies out before we get through them. We can scream out, we can shout out, we can say stuff we don't really mean when what's really needed is to remain quiet and see whatever it is through. 
And it's actually in these moments that being quiet is the best thing for us. You see, the Bible puts it this way. Psalm 46 and verse 10, God's very own words to us. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. You see, we can have a quietness within, which means we don't have to shout out. And no matter how loud the noise gets on the outside, you can have a peace, you can have quiet, you can have calm on the inside when you know and trust in God. See, being quiet and having quiet in life are two different things. You don't get a quiet life by being quiet in life. That's a a mistake that Mr. Quiet makes. And he makes it because all the time his neighbor is Mr. Noisy. And for me, quietness, it it can only come from God. You, You can try and live a quiet life. You could say nothing, do nothing, try and play it safe. You can even lock and hide yourself away. But how many of you know that life is a habit. It has a a way of throwing you a a curveball, of throwing something at you when you least expect it. And there's always going to be something screaming out at us in life. And that's because we too have a, a neighbor called Mr. Noisy. See, the world we live in is a noisy one and it screams out to us tells us what we should eat, what we should think, what we should look like, what we should wear, and even what we should accept. You know, whatever shouts the loudest seems to be to to become what's accepted. There's no place for quietness. See, quietness is is often seen as weakness. See, being heard, having a, a voice, and then going to any length to have that voice has become the norm. But what I want you to know this morning is that quietness is not weakness. It's far from that. Quietness is our freedom from the troubles we face in life. Quietness is our peace. It's our strength. Uh, And when we have it, it helps us control our emotions, control our spirits, and even our thoughts. Quietness on the inside will translate to a peaceful existence on the outside. And the Bible, it has loads to say about quietness. Psalm 131 says, quietness is calm in the soul. Proverbs 1 verse 33, quietness is listening to God. Proverbs again, 17 verse 1 says, quietness is to be desired. In Lamentations it says, quietness is waiting on God. Mark 4 says, quietness is the opposite of a storm. 1 Thessalonians, quietness is an orderly life. Then in 1 Timothy, quietness is an action on the outside as well. And then a a verse that really hits it home to me. me. 1 Peter 3, verses 3 to 4, says, quietness is precious and beautiful to God. Quietness is important but we all struggle with it, don't we? And we often do anything to avoid it. See, it's hard to be quiet because it's something we don't actively practice. See, we rebel, uh, we rebel about, about being quiet. And that's maybe because as children, we're always told to be quiet. And what we do is we put the TV on, not to, not to watch it, but because it's background noise. We have the, the radio on, don't we? And then we have the iPods with our earpiece, all those massive headphones on. 
And there's some that never take those off. That's frustrating. We live in a noisy world, a world that's vying and screaming for our attention. And within it, we're losing the art to have quiet. See, quiet from the noise and, and also quiet from within. We can practice silence, but that's different. And we still get distracted. You see, in a minute or two that we, we try it, we sit down, we're silent. We have to check our phones, don't we? You know, someone at that time may be messaging us. Someone may want to call us. So we check them to, to see that it's on. Uh, and then there's the Facebook update to catch up on a, a tweet that you may not want to miss. You know, just because you're in silence, it doesn't mean you have quietness. Being quiet and, have qu- and having quietness are two different things. And we struggle with them both. See, we often make the mistake too as well, that being quiet can be seen as a, a negative thing. And you only have to look at Mr. Quiet here to see he's a, he's a bit solemn. He looks a bit sorry for himself. He's not as outgoing as the, the other characters. And we can put that label on people too. If they're, not, if there was, uh, if they're quieter than, than ourselves, and that's because there are two types of, of people in life. There are introverts and extroverts. And there's been much research done into this over a number of decades. And research suggests that we all feature somewhere on this spectrum. There are some here this morning that will totally agree with everything I've said. Being quiet and, and having quietness is really hard. You may even think that quietness is for wimps. And then there will be others that will totally disagree with me and don't find these difficult at all. And this could indicate where you are on that spectrum. And and I want to say from the start here that there's no right or wrong. It's just different. And we're all different. And life would be very boring, wouldn't it, if we're all the same. And actually, we should celebrate those differences. But knowing those differences is really important. See, it will help us understand and embrace other people much more uh, effectively. Extroverts, they're, they're thought to be outgoing, the life and soul of the party, while introverts are, are thought to be quiet and shy. And the world, the world can value extroverts more than introverts because of the noisy world we live in and the way they fit in. But both are equally as important. And it's also important to know that this is not the correct definition. You see, introversion and extroversion actually relate to where we get our energy from. In other words, how we recharge our brains. You see, introverts, they tend to recharge by spending time alone. They lose energy from being around people for long periods of time, particularly large crowds. But it is a myth to believe that they don't like people or enjoy spending time with people. Sometimes they are better and more comfortable in one-to-one situations. They think more uh, rather than speak more, but there's nothing wrong with that. See, introverts need quiet time, sometimes uh, away from people so they can come back to themselves so that they're recharged. Extroverts, on the other hand, they gain energy from people. Extroverts actually find their energy is sapped when they spend too much time alone. They recharge by being social. 
and I'm sharing this this morning because it's important and it's helpful to be aware of for yourself and then for others that you're in contact with on a daily basis. You see, I would say I'm quiet. I'm more on the introvert spectrum. And knowing this information, it's really helped me. And that's because I've been labeled too. Some by my own family. I've been called a loner. I've been called the quiet one. I've been mistaken for being arrogant because I don't engage in conversations. My nan even calls me half-soaked. Who uses that? Half-soaked because I don't speak up more. The problem isn't that I don't speak up, I do. The problem is that I don't speak up when she wants me to. And that's because I like to process things, to think about what I'm going to say and not be rushed to say it. And the problem isn't really with me, it's with her understanding. And by us all understanding this, it will help solve that problem. But for introverts, there is a a problem if you do let it stop you from speaking out. If you do shrink back, you see, you have to manage that. I'm managing it right now. This is not natural for me. See, you still have to put yourself forward. See, being shy is not what being an introvert is about. Introverts and and extroverts shouldn't compete with, with each other, but respect each other. They should respect each other's differences and help each other in those differences. You see, it's a lie to believe that Mr. Quiet and Mr. Noisy can't live next door to each other and get on. You know, when, we, uh, first, when I first started going out with Dee, it was obvious that she was uh, an extrovert. She is uh, energized by people. And if there's a silence in the room, she'll fill it. I'm, a, I'm an introvert, still energized by people, but need quiet time. And I'm happy to be with people, um, but be quiet, be, be silent. For me, that's a huge sign of, of friendship. If I can be with people and be silent, that's of huge value to me. D, however, is the opposite. And again, there's nothing wrong with this. And when I first started going out with her, I remember giving her a challenge for a minute to be quiet. <laughs> it wasn't our first date, obviously. And in no way was I telling her to, to, to shut up. Well, maybe a, a, a little. But I was just testing, just testing to see if we could be quiet together, whether there was a, an awkwardness. We're married, so she obviously passed the test. She actually didn't. She failed miserably. She got to 20 seconds, 20 seconds she remained quiet for. But we are happily married, and I wouldn't change it for the world, and she wouldn't change me either, hopefully. And that's real proof there that that Mr. Noisy and Mr. Quiet can live together. And there are some great resources out there, guys. And if you wanted to look into this further for yourself, I really recommend it. It really opened my eyes when when, when I did this. There's There's a book out there, and it's called Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. And it's by Susan Cain. And in the book, there's an introvert and an extrovert spectrum test. And it may help you identify where you may be on that scale. And there's some quick ones here for you, just as a a taster. You need to answer true or false to the one that um, applies to you the most. So here are some of the questions. Just answer them yourself, true or false. I prefer one-on-one conversations to group activities. I enjoy solitude. 
I feel drained after being out and about, even if I've enjoyed myself. True or false? People tell you you're a good listener. And then this last one, it really brought it home for me because I do this loads unless I'm really comfortable with someone. You often let calls go through to voicemail. Like I said, I I do this because I like to know what people are calling me for so then I can give a, a thought through response. And the chances are, if you guys have answered true to, to some of those questions, probably more than two or three, you could be on the, on the introverted spectrum uh, uh, as well. It's a, it's a great book. Uh, get it. Take the test for yourself. It was, it was really helpful for me. And you know, in life, it's, it's not always the, the Mr. Noises that get the attention or, or the spotlight in life. You see, there's, there's plenty in life that will never actually want that. They don't want the spotlight. And actually, it's not about being in, uh, under it. It's about shining uh, from within. Let the spotlight shine within you rather than being under it. And it's also true that, only, uh, that it's not only extroverts or that you have to be an extrovert to get your point across to people, to have a, an influence with people. Uh, for them to listen to you, for, 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 for you to input into their lives. And neither is it true that it's only extroverts that get to be on the stage. Because it's never about being on the stage, but about how you live your life off it that really matters. You see, Mr. Quiet is just as important as Mr. Noisy. And he should never be overlooked. And this morning, if you have a Bible, we're going to have a a look at a a person in there. We're going to look at a a passage. It's in the book of John, the last of the four Gospels in the New Testament. And it's in that first chapter, um, verses 43 to to 51. The the words will come up on the screen, but some background information beforehand. You know, um, this could be a story of Mr. Quiet. Uh, We're going to look at uh, the story of Nathaniel, who's called to be uh, a disciple of Jesus. There's not much written about Nathaniel compared to the other disciples in the Bible. See, he's less well-known than John, the disciple who Jesus loved the most. He's less well-known than Thomas, the disciple who doubted. He's less well-known than Matthew, the tax collector. He's less well-known than even Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus. Then, of course, he's much less well-known than Mr. Noisy himself, Simon Peter. And I want to show you in this passage um, that while there's not much written about him, it could be a, a story of Mr. Choir in one sense. It's really anything but that. So John 1, 43 to 51 says this. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good from there? Nathanael asks. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. 
Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That's a a great passage right there. And as I've studied it, I want to pass on a few of the things that I've learned from it. You see, it starts with Philip. Philip, uh, who has uh, the first encounter with Jesus. And as a result of that encounter, he can't keep quiet. Uh, And it's here. We have a first-hand lesson in evangelism because it's the first thing he does. He goes straight away and he tells someone. He finds Nathaniel, and I'm sure he's bursting with this amazing news. He's passionate. He's full of excitement. He can't contain himself. And as I put myself there in that story, I imagine him running and screaming, Nathaniel, Nathaniel, we've found him. We've found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about whom the prophets have also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. This is huge for Philip. He can't contain it. But Nathaniel responds and asks, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And I want to comment here for a minute because it can appear that Nathaniel is being sarcastic, even critical of Jesus. But it's here we actually get the first view of Nathaniel's character. You see, he's not being sarcastic. He's being inquisitive. He's challenging what he's heard because he knows something different. See, Philip says, we've found the one Moses wrote about uh, and who the prophets spoke about. Philip's saying they found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. And it's here that we have the the first glimpse that Nathanael is a godly man. You see, the, the law of Moses has been mentioned And Nathaniel is obviously well-versed in these scriptures, uh, the Torah. He would have known them inside out, what the law of Moses was and and everything the the prophets had to say. And it's this knowledge that leads him to ask that question. You see, Nathaniel's understanding is that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem, which Jesus was, but Nathaniel just doesn't know this yet. And Philip's reaction is great here too. See, when he's faced with a, a question, and maybe his excitement is discouraged as he's sharing about Jesus. And again, guys, this is something we can learn from as we evangelize. He doesn't get downhearted. He doesn't get defensive or argumentative. He simply responds, come and see, come and see. And we have lots of opportunities here at Zion for you guys to do just that. Please take those invites, pass them on, and tell your friends to come and see. And then back to the story. Uh, and it's as Nathaniel goes with Philip to Jesus, that Jesus says of Nathaniel, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And that's some statement right there. And it's a compliment of the highest order. Jesus knows Nathaniel is a godly man, and he's making that statement. You see, Nathaniel's not like the religious, religious leaders of the day who were hypocrites. Nathaniel is not dishonest. He has no guile in him. He's, he's not dishonest. Did I say that? He's not dishonest in any way. He's of sound character. He's upright. He's truly a godly man, as an Israelite should be. 
And as Nathaniel hears this, he's taken aback. And he asks Jesus, how do you know me? And what Jesus says next, guys, is the deal breaker. Not just for Nathaniel, but for all of us here. He says, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And no one knows what Nathaniel was doing under the fig tree. But we do know uh, that Nathaniel was a godly man. And he may have been praying to God at that moment. Whatever it is uh, that Nathaniel was doing, it's as Jesus lets him know that he saw him under that fig tree that he responds. He declares, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. See, no birth certificate is needed now because he's had a, a real encounter with Jesus for himself. And what totally amazes me about this passage is that it's actually Nathaniel, Mr. Quiet, who's not really mentioned much again in the Bible, but it's him. He's the first one to recognize Jesus as the Son of God. See, that's something we often attribute to Mr. Noisy, to Simon Peter, to the loud one, the the in-your-face one, but it's actually Nathaniel. Nathaniel, who hasn't witnessed any miracles. Nathaniel, who hasn't listened to any of Jesus' teachings. Nathaniel, who hasn't spent that much time with him at all. Yet he's the one. He's the first to declare that Jesus is the Son of God. And again, the, the reason for this totally blows my mind. It's because Jesus first notices him. Because Jesus saw him under the fig tree. And you may think of yourself this morning as a a Mr. Quiet type character. You may never be in a limelight or under a spotlight, but you really need to know that Jesus notices you. That same deal breaker for Nathaniel uh, under the fig tree is the same uh, for you and me. You see, he notices us first. He sees you and he knows your heart when others may not. You're not alone. And you need to know this morning that you're never overlooked. And this story shows us, and it speaks particularly here for, for me to, to new Christian or, or to people who are not even a Christian. You see, Jesus knows you too. He noticed you before you even came in here this morning. And you may still have questions, and that's okay, because this guy, this guy still had questions. But when we have a a real encounter with Jesus, when we have that quietness that comes within, we too, like Nathaniel, might not need the the birth certificate anymore. And you can have that encounter today. And actually, we all can, again, encounter that. Because Jesus knows you and he loves you and he wants nothing more for you. See, he wants you to experience that quietness within. We do live in a a noisy world, but we can live quietly and confidently in it. And as I come to a close this morning, I want us all to know that our aim is to live quietly, but not live a quiet life. You see, we should all have peace on the inside, and we should let it speak loudly out on the outside. See, we shouldn't stay quiet about the peace, about the hope that we have, 
because it is the only answer to this noisy world that we live in. And there's three things, three things quickly uh, that I want to leave you with that will hopefully help you uh, find that quietness within. These are three simple things that have to be simple because being quiet is really hard. They are this, turn down, turn off, and tune in. Turn down the external noises that surround you. Only you know what those are, and they differ for us all. That stuff that's vying for your attention, that noise that's resounding in your head, turn it down, take control of the volume, and practice quietness. And I started with turn down because it's often, that's what we often have to do before we can turn it off. Sometimes that's a, a big step to, ta- to, to, to start with, turning it off. First, we have to learn to take control, turn the volume down, and then you will be able to actually turn it off, not listen to that stuff that is trying to distract us. Guys, what you should turn off straight away to is the stuff that's being spoken over you. That's not yours to carry. You don't have to wear that label you've been given. And then lastly, the the most important one is tune in. Tune in to God because it's only through him that we can have a, a quietness within. And it's that quietness that is the antidote to this noisy world we live in. Isaiah 30 and verse 15 says it's, it's quietness and trust that we have our strength. Quietness and trust that we have our strength. And for this to happen, we have to tune in. Tune in to God. And then the last thing I want you to know this morning is that when we have a quietness within, we have something to shout about. When we have a quietness within, we have something to shout about. I said earlier that there are some things we definitely shouldn't stay quiet about. And sharing good news is one of them. And we have no trouble doing that, do we? We have no trouble doing that in in all sorts of things, whether it's something in our families, a holiday destination we've arrived at, a great film you've seen with friends at the cinema, a good restaurant you've eaten eaten at. Sometimes there's even photos to, to, to prove it. We, we tell people that stuff all the time, don't we? We want the world to know. And right here, there's a, there's a proud parent moment coming up. See, my eldest daughter, Aisha, she got her A-level results back this week. And she got two A's and an A-star. And she's got into her chosen university, which is Durham, to, uh, to study law. Now, those that know me know that I could have done with a lawyer in the family 10 years ago. (laughs) But it's a a massive achievement. And and I want the world to know that is good news. And we have no trouble sharing that news. But as Christians, we have greater news to share. And it really is something we shouldn't stay quiet about. In fact, it's okay for us in this instance to become Mr. Noisy. But for all the right reasons, we should never stay quiet about what Jesus has done for us and what he means to us. It's because Jesus, it's because of Jesus that we can have that quietness, that assurance within, that hope within. And it's because of Jesus that we have a a song to sing. 
And that's where we're going to finish this morning. I want to invite the the band to come back. And this morning, we're going to finish with an amazing hymn, one of my favorites that declares everything Jesus has done for us. And it's here that I don't want us to stay quiet. See, I want us to sing. I want us to worship him. I want us, as we do, to be reminded of how marvelous, there's a clue right there, how wonderful is the Savior's love for me. Let's be reminded again as as we sing that it's Jesus that first notices us. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know what your relationship is like with Jesus. I don't know what noise is going on in your heads. But Jesus wants you to have a, a quietness within. He wants to shut everything else out so that you can tune in and hear the voice that matters the most. We've heard that before, haven't we? But that's what Jesus wants. So let's stand. Let's sing. Guys, if you need prayer this morning, if anything's resonated with you, there's a prayer team that would love to pray for you. If your world is full of noise at the moment, if you're finding it hard just to concentrate on what God really says and thinks about you, then please go through at the the end of the service. The team would be love to pray for you. But right now, guys, we're not going to stay quiet. We're not going to stay quiet because Jesus has given us something to shout about. We have a quietness within. Let's not contain it. Let's worship him. Let's sing this great hymn. That's awesome, isn't it? How can we stay quiet when Jesus has, has done that much for us? That might be so old, it's actually new for some of you here, but that's an incredible hymn. And it's a reminder that we shouldn't be quiet, that we've got something to share with a noisy world that we live in. Actually, we have the answer. We have a a quietness within, but it means we don't have to be quiet about it. So let's be, let's go out. Let's not be quiet about this hope, about this assurance, about the security that we have. Let's be uh, the people that Jesus wants to be in the noisy world that we live in.